stuffing toilets with plastic bottles is me. That's what I do. Is it really? You, you like that, do you? Well, you We've better already... be careful not to get caught because now there's a precedent. <laughs> Especially in the Sheboygan circuit. Jim, go do it again. No, I told you, I really, I, I got a couple last time. <laughs> what was the guy's last name? Be- uh, Beeman. Beeman. E-E-M-A-N. And Sheboygan is in Sheboygan County, yes? Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, someday down the road, there's going to be some lawyers actually going to stand up and say, you know, in the case of Sheboygan, Sheboygan County versus Beeman. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, other, the other lawyer and all the people in the gallery are going to be like, what? Huh? <laughs> you cited, what did you just cite? <laughs> Twenty-nine. It's a podcast with a guy and a guy and a guy hanging out with us via internet tubes signals. The internet telephone. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Sure. The entire phone. I'm Mike. I'm Craig. And here we are. Three twenty-nine. Any special significance to that? I don't know. Is that like searching a, for one? Is that a, a displacement, a popular engine displacement, three twenty-nine? It's shortly after Sounds like it. Shortly after the final bell rang when I went to school. <laughs> three twenty-five was I think three twenty or three twenty-five, I'm trying to remember for sure. That was everybody go home. That seems late. What? Which? That high school or grade school? High school. It was all the schools. They all. They all. It was one. There was only one set of buses. Low it was a, school, it was mid school, high school, school yeah. all the schools. It was a small town. We all slow had, school, was, fast school. There was one bunch of buses that everybody used. There was a high school and a elementary school. That was it. Yeah. When you went to middle school, you were in the high school. Ooh, the actual building. Yeah. Yeah. Small town life. Yeah, there's only yeah. 3,000 people in the town, <laughs> plus farmers. I mean, I graduated with 62 people in my graduating class. I knew all their middle names. <laughs> wow. Not really, but that's the joke, that's the joke I made is like I knew them all very well. It was like, it was, I, I hear stories. I would go to college and hear stories of people talking about how they graduated with 400 people in their class. And it's like, so, you, don't know the na- you don't know the first names of everybody in your class, do you? No. Everybody. Maybe, maybe half of them. Everybody lived a, a half a mile from a little road on a even little road yeah, away from you. Basically. <laughs> oh. they, all, they all lived within shouting distance because <laughs> we didn't have telephones or running water. And you talked Southern in Northeastern Wisconsin. Well, because we were hick. <laughs> Small town rubes. <laughs> Let's talk to our guest. In the year <laughs> of our Lord, 1506. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Vietnam! What? <laughs> I was wondering if he was going to go somewhere with that, too. <laughs> no, no. Just a, just a fine, fine greeting on this wonderful summer sun. Saturday. Saturday. It's Saturday. I'm not awake yet. Saturday. 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 <laughs> Great Lakes Dragway, Union Grove, Wisconsin. With the Trochosaurus! Going Bigfoot, up against Metazilla! <laughs> Big Daddy Dungarlet, Shirley Muldowney! Are you kidding? I wanted that job. 
I miss those commercials. <laughs> I know it's it's well the fact that we and people still do get together for it, but the fact that there was a substantial number of people that were willing to get together to watch these people strap themselves into rockets, basically. <laughs> Is is and and I had a Big Daddy Don Garlitz model that my father and I built. <laughs> you dork! What? <laughs> it was awesome. This thing, I it, I couldn't quite wrap my head around the sport involved in it. I now understand it that it's basically the twitch reflex in shifting. But you know when when you're and, and trying to steer straight. What am I ten with a rocket probably? strapped to your behind you? No. Yeah, what am I, probably ten at this time. This thing, this thing was as you know between that and a spaceship. This was the stuff yeah, covered in that plastic glue that turned into webs. Because God, I was bad at that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was thinking more about the monster truck shows that announced the same way. But yeah, they both were kind of that way. Oh yeah, see, monster trucks are after races. me. It, yeah. After my, you know, I was. It was for me. It was again. It was Great Lakes Dragway, Union Grove, Wisconsin. How far away from Bong Recreational Area is that? On a rope, probably about 10 miles, 20 miles. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, not terribly close. No, no, that's not far at all. Hmm. Union Grove is right there. And that's that's obviously the, the home of, well, to use one of our frequent points of reference, it's not too far from the home of Bob and Brian. <laughs> Bong is uh, pretty close to the Illinois border there, so it, it may um, it may live up to its alternate name Uh, soon well you know and i I, we were talking about the legalization and i'm I'm actually not in favor of legalization i've been in favor of decriminalization of marijuana since i was in high school but we're we're not ready for this we've not thought this through (laughs) we have not thought this through and it's it's what we should do and obviously we should expunge the record that's all politics but in terms of what this means i'll give you my personal favorite example uh remember when colorado legalized they legalized uh remember when colorado legalized there was a thing about, well, you know, Mike, you've been to Milwaukee. Craig, you've been to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. What you sure. imagine, you're standing in front of my my job, right? Roy City Hall, which is, by the way, mile marker zero. That's where it with comes the, from in Wisconsin. The, the place what with all the terracotta tiles. That's the one. Watch so out for at, Drogon. Yeah, that you, <laughs> s- that you see at the beginning of... Uh... <laughs> That you see at the beginning of uh, He's got a thing Laverne for and now. Shirley. That's the one. It says, People are all upset Milwaukee. we got rid of that. People this are still upset we got rid of that sign. sign and that's, yeah. been, that's been gone for 25 years. But um, So you're standing right out there in front of my office, and uh, you're now thinking, all right, Wisconsin has decriminalized the weed. I'm going to smoke the weed. <laughs> Where are you going to do it? Yeah. You can't go to a bar because we banned that. Can't smoke yes. anything, anything, at a bar. anything at a bar, right? Or vape, right? You got the the vape. Oh band. yeah, we just we just threw that into the blender. Atlanta just yeah. did that here. Yeah, it's like well, because as I th- I think we all know, we we have all identified vaping as a, as belling the cat for douches. Belling the cat. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you 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 well, know if you got you a know, cat and you want to keep an eye on it, know where it is. You put a bell on it. Oh, so, so you if know. you want to keep an eye on the douchebags, oh, okay, you give them a vapor. <laughs> right. Oh, there he is. You're a douche. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Helps, since... me, helps me identify those so I can go to uh, the other side of the bar. Exactly. Since de- so dedicated like... Bluetooth headsets have gone out of style. Yeah. Right. Because right. Of the dedic- right. So we, the we gave version. them. We, we... Now, nobody tell them this because otherwise they won't do it anymore. No, they'll, uh-huh. we'll figure out. They'll go to something else and we'll figure that out, too, because yeah, we're so... smarter than them. 
So you can, <laughs> fortunately, it's kind of like having your very own one-year-old as he cleverly seeks to toddle across the lawn and escape you. No, I see where you're going, dude. Um, but no, so so you're standing in front of City Hall and you want to smoke your weed. Where are you going to go? You can't go to a hotel room. They don't allow smoking anymore. <laughs> you can't go to a bar. They don't allow smoking anymore. In fact, if you read the statute that enabled all this, I said this at the time, and here was my problem with the smoking ban. Not that I think smoking is a good idea. It's not. But my problem was, if Jim wanted to set up Jim's smoking store, where we smoke, that's what we do. Smoke-o-rama. Smoke-o-rama. Smoke, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's going to be Jim's smoke-o-rama. Maybe I'll give you a bottle of water if you're just hanging out. And maybe I'll have a TV you can watch or a newspaper you can read. But other than that, that's all I got is uh, an old-fashioned cigarette machine and chairs. Well, this is like any cigar shop. Well, but my point was, I'm even stripping that out. I'm sure. saying all I want to do is sit there and smoke. You're not selling the thing and, to smoke. You're just providing no, no. a place. Exactly. I'm charging you five bucks to sit in my chairs and smoke. To take up space. <laughs> exactly. And to let you be somewhere where it's not, you know, 30 degrees outside or thir- negative 30 degrees outside and just chill out and smoke. You I could, can't do that. That's you, that's you, illegal. You could have some massage chairs and charge a little bit more for people to Maybe, sit in those. But no, like I say, I'm trying to keep this really stripped okay. down. Uh, this is bare bones. These are metal chairs, okay? <laughs> in Jim's Smokerama, there is only metal chairs. There are only metal chairs. You can't do that legally under our law. That's just, it isn't permitted. So if you're going to smoke your weed, where are you going to go? So a friend of mine who owns a very successful and wonderful bar in, in sort of downtown Milwaukee in Walker's Point. He came up with the idea in Denver because that's what entrepreneurs do. They're always there, people who are thinking ahead. They have that mental ability. He went out and rented buses. <laughs> ah. And what he would do is it was just, I, I picture Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg driving. Of course. Um, he, he loads up the bus, puts well, whatever Dog, music you want Snoop or whatever Dog video you one want. One of them, Martha, uh, uh, what's her name? Drives drives the other one. Oh, Martha, Martha Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, and the the two of them, and then he They're would just drive. Now. He would just drive you up into the mountains for an hour, hour and a half. In in Colorado, not in Milwaukee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, I've got this. So I've got this problem licked, Jim. Go because I don't go anywhere, do anything, or talk to anybody. <laughs> so I'll just get my weed right and smoke at live. home. Yeah. By can myself. you smoke? Can you still smoke in your apartment? I can't actually smoke in my apartment building, but there are plenty of apartment buildings where you can. Uh, uh, that's not true anymore. Nah, I was shocked at this. How this is changing. You this can is, or you can't. I can't, can't at mine. They don't allow it. No, they haven't. No, look years. At, really? Yep. Look in your leases. No, no, no. I, I was actually helping probably a friend was, with a lease. Probably this wasn't allowed when you lived there, Mike. No, it was because that was one of the reasons we moved and the people below us. Oh. <laughs> Partying and Not, smoking all, yeah, all the time. Anyway, smoke, I don't know. Whatever, smoke. fine. Let people smoke in their backyards. I don't care. Go out on the on the on the roof patio at the apartment. Yeah, building. no. It's, well, and now and now it's, there's it's a Atlanta movie always nice out. As we as we sit here right now, we are in the midst of the summer fest. Actually, it's going to ah. wrap up on Sunday. We have the big summer fest. Is that still the world's largest outdoor music festival? It is because um some some uh, musical artist. 
that was on a Graham Norton show claimed that Glastonbury was the world's largest. No, that's not true. Festival. I mean, we go through this and, and I look, I resp- I'd love to go to Glastonbury. Actually, I've never been, um, but it's, it, there's, there's no serious doubt that Summerfest is still the biggest, but it, it, um, Summerfest, they're trying to ban smoking there. That's outdoors. So <laughs> we have this we have this intense desire to rid ourselves of smoking unless it's weed. Okay, then so we you, rock have the, more of it. you rock the edibles. Well, and, that's and, a whole right. other problem. That that yeah. I, and I thought that was where you were going to go with this when you started about the that problems those problems that they had in Colorado when they legalized because all these people were ODing. Well, as much as you can OD. Okay, I was going to say they were, we're going to have a talk. Really, really, really. Hard trips on uh, on no, they were getting sick on it. Is what getting doing. sick, right? Yeah. Because you, there's no way to know. Or, with a lot of them, there's no way to know how much you're supposed to eat, or yeah. people were right. eating them and not knowing what was in them and thinking they were just regular cookies. And well, going, no, and that, oh well, my god, and oh my god, not... I'm gonna I'm gonna eat like three cookies, and then I'm like, well, I'll eat half of this sleeve in the side of the <laughs> thing. Well, I may as well eat the whole the whole thing. Well, now I've eaten half the package. I may as well eat the rest of the pack. And it's the whole Paula Poundstone uh, yeah. pop tart. Uh, oh, protein, yeah, yeah. Yeah. except with uh, cookies and then it turns out wait a minute these were infused with what <laughs> oh yeah. crap it's like eating the family size bag of doritos or <laughs> quick like, i'll go, just have a few go find a safe space now <laughs> <laughs> close all the windows get get somebody to play dark side of the moon and spritz you with water every 15 get minutes. a sensory deprivation tank or anyway, well, that might make it worse anyway, we'll let we'll let it's not my problem to figure out i'm not gonna it is not congratulations illinois it's not our problem. <laughs> yeah, you thought the Illinois drivers were bad before. <laughs> yeah, what other, uh, what do we work into fib there? <laughs> yeah, actually, I always used to say fish. Because every now and then you see schools of them. Mm-hmm. What, what's the SH stand for? Uh, it's the S word head. S- S- oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. I like that one. Freaking Illinois S heads. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you see schools of them, or fifths, spelled P H, yeah. and then be they'd be potheads. F I P H, fifth. Now, like like I say, we you need with anything like that. We have a culture built around alcohol already, right? Especially in Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> have Most I... of the country doesn't understand how to drink. How many no. DU, how many DUIs does it take to get your license uh, taken away in Wisconsin? All of them. We're still Thank trying you. to that find was exactly that out. Like, all of <laughs> all them. Of them. <laughs> no one's well, gotten there yet. <laughs> Keep I trying. Had a, I had a. I had it's a. It's not entirely <laughs> true, but yeah, it's. it's no, there's bad. a there's a very serious conversation being had in the state that we will clamp down. We will lower the boom on you if you have one DUI. It's actually quite serious. But for some reason, if you're just willing to ignore that well, and get to you your cross seventh, that threshold, <laughs> once you, you know, once you've, you know, what is it, Lady, suddenly we're Lady Macbeth. I'm so far across this river of blood that it is no harder to go forward than back. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, it is, it's amazing. But no, I, we, I, we, I've shared the euphemisms that my deputy taught me from his family, which is up near La Crosse for this. Uh, if, a, if, a, if a cocktail is heavily laden with alcohol, Ooh, that's spicy. <laughs> hmm. But then if then if mother has had too many of those cocktails, uh-oh, mother is seasoned. <laughs> yeah. no, so, mother is falling down drunk is what mother's doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we've mother both, is, my point is mother is puking on the centerpiece at Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. <laughs> 
the, you know, the, the, point, the, the point being we've built up a culture around this yeah and we have frames of reference and all this we have none of that for marijuana so it's going to be fascinating to watch well it'll be like watching a societal experiment of seeing like what form it takes yes it'll be interesting and this is still yeah. just next door we'll be watching a cultural thing happen like in like real time like in your lifetime you can see this evolve <laughs> as opposed to the culture of drinking, which has happened over the course of generations. Right. And that's, and that's the cool part is that so often we inherit these things and we, well, how did they not notice this? Or how did they not see that? Or, oh my God, that must've been weird. It's like, okay, now I, I watched a fascinating video on cartography this week and the, I've finally heard it put in a way that really clicked with me for centuries, literally centuries of human, well, millennia of human beings. We thought of the world at eye view. We never thought at bird's eye view. That's a seventh, that's a 16th century invention that we start thinking at that view. And so you always wonder when we make these changes, we always tend to be at this ground level view. And can you take a bird's eye view and wonder what this marijuana culture is going to be like in 50, 60 years? <laughs> we have to start watching. We have to start looking at the, at the world from the lying on the futon, eating Funyuns, watching Animal House for the third time view. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The right? Kentucky Fried Does that movie. sound about right? <laughs> just yeah. all on the on the futon, <laughs> just funyun crumbs all down your chest. No, and and look, there's no doubt that in time, didn't want to switch uh switch the DVD out, <laughs> so you just watch a animal house over and over. And 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 doing what I do for a living, except this, folks, the the cow is out the barn. They've yeah. seen the amount of money you can make by legalizing and taxing marijuana. Well, even even here in Georgia, where it's uh, it started with the 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 CB, CBD is that it? Yeah, oil. CBD oil. Yeah. Um, and now it's up to now we're we've got THC oil yep. and the ability to uh, grow it and produce it in state. That is recent. That liter- literally just passed, and we already have two or three hemp processing plant projects. <laughs> yeah, oh, where, yeah. Where people are outfitting their hemp processing plant it's it's like taking an existing warehouse building sure. and uh and retrofitting it that's that's what you know that's what that's what entrepreneurs do but i i, I know we want to get on other things but this is actually you want to know my biggest concern is that we've thrown an entire generation of people into jail for dealing a substance that should never have been illegal you know there are a lot of people doing time for this serious and time it, yeah and it destroyed communities and it harmed lives and the tragedy is, and this is happening in Colorado, the individuals who were arrested, you the hope would have been, okay, you, Joey, you were the illegal pot dealer in the 1980s. Now you get to be the pot entrepreneur. Well, the problem is entrepreneurial skills don't come, you know, you don't, you're not born with them. You got to learn them. And it requires capital. It requires insurance. It requires employees. It requires testing. We're going to license. We're going to tax. We're going to do all this stuff. And so now in Colorado, the same guy we were busting five years ago for selling it illegally, now we're busting him because he doesn't have a tax stamp. And that that's going to be a real challenge because I, I very much, especially here as it comes to Milwaukee, which I'm sure it will, I want to see the guys and gals that have been affected by it in a negative way get an opportunity. You know, if we're going to legalize it, let these people sell it, you know. Because we've all seen the story that our friends at Philip Morris have made a massive investment in marijuana. Yep. They're they're like, okay, all right. You don't like cigarettes? We got something else for you. Let's go check that out. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we can't smoke that anymore, but we can smoke this. And apparently, apparently we're eager to let you smoke the heck out of this. So here we go. For the time being, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we'll, and then, well, and that's the other issue. What's the long term effect of long term marijuana smoking? We don't know because people have to do it so bloody furtively. You know, it's not <laughs> like we've been able to study thousands of people. We won't know that it's being studied in earnest until it's being studied in space. Correct. That's, that's when that you know real. something's really been being studied is when there's, is, when well, there's yeah, astronauts yeah. doing it. When there's little mices and things that have been taken up there that are floating around there. What do you see? I see God. Yeah. When, when we know everything there is to know about smoking it with gravity. And we need to now yep. test smoking it without gravity. There you go. Yep. There you go. I, I accept Craig's promise. Oh boy, what are we going to do here? What's news, Mike? Uh, I was going to say, no pot news, Craig? No, I don't got any pot news. You just covered the pot news. I said no pot news. Non-pot news. Non-pot news. Non-potable. You want to play the Celebrity Death theme song? We can do that. Who died? Oh, we got three for the road today. We got a threefer? Yeah. I know one of them. Okay, who? The laughing guy. Oh, then we got a fourfer. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you wouldn't put Artie Johnson in that (laughs) truck. Well, that's the only one I know. Well, I'm going from my my world. Okay. Max Wright. Max. Maximum Wright. He played Willie Tanner on television in the 80s. When an, oh my goodness. When, when an alien life form crashed yes. into his garage. Yeah. Oh, and he and his family took the dad this life form yeah. in. The dad from yeah. Elf passed away. Wow, he, he was alive still? Well, he had cancer and <laughs> okay. kind of fell out of the spotlight. He, he acted for He seemed kind of old to be a dad at, on nah, Elf. No, he just had a high... He just had like a six he head. Just, yeah, he, he wasn't looked that old. old. Um, he was... Well, we were little kids and we looked at him and was like, man, look how old he is. He doesn't have any hair. Um, no, about yeah. the voice of Alf is he's not still around, is he? Yeah, we lost him. He yeah. had, that, uh, yeah. Um, but Al- yeah. Alf was on uh, Young Sheldon. <laughs> well, they, other people can do the voices, but yeah, Max yeah, they Wright. Had somebody uh, else yeah, he voice. passed away. He he got cancer, uh, lymphoma, a while, quite a while back, and he's fought it for a while, and then he was uh, in, it was in remission, and then it came back, and it just kind of yeah, eventually got him. He popped uh, up in. He's, he's, he was one of those character actors that kind of popped up in a bunch of stuff during the eighties. Yeah, and and my goodness, did he hate Alf? No, I think he was just always exasperated. Like he uh, was. Did you? Did you I read learned this? the word exasperated to be able to describe Willie Tanner. <laughs> nope, nope. See, according he according hated, to he allow hated me to quote, Alf. Allow me to quote his Wikipedia article. Oh, oh well. Wow. This, this is Sorry. the actor talking about the yeah. show. It quote well, hated the show. Quote, yeah, hated the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, Quote, yeah. No, all the actors hated working on that show. <laughs> it was hard work and very grim. He was also reportedly very happy when the show was canceled. I was hugely eager to have it over with. <laughs> there were a number of reasons that it was a giant pain in the ass to work with, because the guy who uh, voiced the the puppet was, I guess, kind of a pain in the ass. Um, Did he not also he had, run the puppet? They have two different people? Um, well, they had all sorts of things going on there, too, because they had puppeteers and they had like a person in a suit because you see Alf run around yep. and walk around at times. But anyway, um, they also worked on a set that was built three feet off of the, na- the main floor of the stage. 
so the, because the they could have all these trap doors, around. so they could have all the trap doors and everything to be able to fit people, and so they had all these trap doors that were would that wouldn't sit flush properly, and people and would so trip. the actors would trip constantly walking around during their uh, bl- getting was from this, one blocking point to another. This was before OSHA. It's not a question of OSHA. <laughs> before, no, it was a trap door. It, it closed. It closed, <laughs> but not enough. But yeah, if it, if it didn't quite close properly. And all it takes is you know, like you can trip over like a sixteenth of an inch. No, I know. And so yeah, people would like you know twist their ankles and trip over those things all the time. They said it was, be it was a pain in the ass go to back work on that set. Watch Alf and watch for all of the uh, the the characters uh, limping around. After, I'm sure they, they used they different takes. Caught and fell. No, no, no. Afterwards, afterwards, when there were are all the uh, outtakes. If you buy the DVDs, do you get like it's an out just... ten minutes of people just limping around, tripping, falling? What? <laughs> yeah, an hour of people <laughs> tripping and falling. That would be hilarious. Allison would love to see that. Well, she likes Allison, to watch people fall down. She does. <laughs> the the two things that make her laugh more than anything is uh, watching people fall down and uh, monkeys and people clothes. And monkeys and people clothes <laughs> falling down. <laughs> Although I bought her the DVD of that stupid TV show with the monkeys yeah. dressed as people, and it's still in the shrink wrap. Yeah, that's not surprising. Like, that was my favorite show growing up. Well, here it is. Happy Christmas, birthday, whatever. Still in the shrink wrap. That was like three years ago. Lancelot Link. Was that it? I'm going to go bugger when we leave. I'm going to say, let's watch some Lancelot Link. Hey, Allison, um, can I, come over, else, to, can I come over tonight and watch Lancelot Link with you guys? Who's number two? I don't know. Who is number two? You you tell me. They said there was somebody else. Jim, who? Artie. Artie Johnson. Johnson, yeah. Artie Johnson from Laughing. He who made the Wehrmacht funny. Oh, that guy. The very interesting guy. Yes. <laughs> yes, that guy. Yeah, uh, back yes. in the days. Back in again, the days you... when we when we start when we made when we make cute jokey jokes about nazis when it was yeah, right. heroes because it, yeah. and that because it was still it was still too soon it had to just be completely farcical yeah the only way you could you could make nazi jokes is if it was like really ridiculous or if you were mel brooks yeah right and then right, everybody was... everybody took a step back and said well he's a jewish guy so we should probably let that slide if he wants to make jokes he can make jokes well and a is a jewish guy but b he doesn't care yeah, yeah. you know you know, he's he's not going to and he, I love reading his interviews even today about his movies where, you know, he's what, 90. He's what, 172. Yeah, he's but, up there. He's like the you know, million year old man. The last thing I saw him in was uh, he was he was a guest at uh, at a garden party on uh, on Ina Garten's uh, Barefoot Contessa because he, okay. li- he lives in the Hamptons. So she yeah, yeah. she had him over to eat the thing that she cooked. <laughs> Jeez. See, and, <laughs> he looked well, the, good. Uh, Oh yeah, no, 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 no. He and he figured out the same thing Don Rickles did. Look a certain way at forty, and yeah. no one will ever notice your aging. Yeah, you know it's it's like it's. But no, his interviews is. It, I remember him being asked this by Playboy. They asked Mel Brooks, "How can you make jokes about Hitler?" He said, "No, no, you don't get it. He killed so many people that were dear to me personally. I'm going to make fun of him till my last breath, so that nobody." ever respects this guy i will mock him every day of my life i hope to mock him on my deathbed <laughs> you know and that's 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 the that's a kind of that's kind of humor that almost goes to rage which i really kind of get into <laughs> <laughs> the angry but, funny yeah jim you know, he's into rage yeah i kind of am no and i would, so yeah Artie johnson but we 
always with that pit helmet. Ah, very interesting. He popped out with Goldie Hawn from the wall on laughing. Oh, my God. Artie Johnson, man of a thousand faces, gone from among us. That was the one I was thinking of. So who's, um, who's numbers three and four? Billy Drago, who's known for oh. being in Pale Rider. He was Frank Nitti, the guy in the oh, white yeah, suit yeah. on the yeah, Untouchables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe his most famous role. Who, who uh, Elliot Ness pushed off of a roof. Well, yes. And he um, crashed into the roof of a car and died, which he was, well, never happened in real life. Oh, see, now you're, 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 you're blowing past the best part of that scene, which is he, uh, he's the guy that... Okay, spoilers, everybody. Craig's for the Untouchables, spoiling a, 30 a 25-year-old plus, movie. 30-plus-year-old 30 <laughs> movie, yeah. Um, yeah, Frank Nitti um, is the guy in the white suit with the real gaunt face. Who uh, He's one of Capone's hench people, um, his hench dude. And he, uh, he's, he's involved in the, you know, the, the rigging of the jury thing that takes place in the big climactic scene at the end. But he's also the guy that guns down Sean Connery's character. Which also didn't happen. <laughs> let's move back okay just let me get there um because sean connery <laughs> taunted the one dude for br- bringing a knife to a gunfight and then billy drago's uh, character frank nitty said uh, actually i brought a machine gun to a ju- to a gunfight and uh took care of that business and then at the top at the or at the end he's up on the roof and elliot ness grabs him and he's elliot ness is being the good cop and he's marching him over to the to the stairs gonna take him down and uh Frank Nitty says, uh, you know, your friend di- died screaming like a stuck Irish pig. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Elliot Ness loses his cool. <laughs> what did you say? I said he, he died screaming like a stuck Irish pig. And Ness is like they have the great point of view shot through Ness's eyes as he's walking him toward the little pop up that is just all it contains is the st- top of the stair. And he just swerves him right off the side, flings him off the roof and screams one of the best but also cheesiest lines in cinematic history. Did he sound anything like this? <laughs> <laughs> as he goes, ah, and then plants himself like through the top of an old timey car. Yeah. <laughs> And then Ness just looks down at him. And, and he's like, all dead and cattywampus. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and he's doing, he's, he's in the classic f- fell off the roof pose where like, one of the arms is bent the wrong way. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and historically, Frank Nitti did not die like that. Nope. He actually took over Capone's organization after Capone went to prison and actually kind of ran things for quite a while. Yep. Um, yeah, but he passed away. And then number the four, the <laughs> Frank Nitty finally died. Dude was 117 years old. Um, <laughs> he was last seen golfing with Mel Brooks. <laughs> um, no, it's it's not quite dead yet, Uh-oh. but it's but it's coming. Wait, a thing that's dying. Mad Magazine will cease oh, yeah, publication yeah. later this year. They're going to stop showing or stop uh, printing new content in a in an issue or two, and then they're going to run a couple of issues of uh, like best of kind of stuff, uh-huh. and then it's done. Mad Magazine is going away, um, and that it's is not perhaps even the saddest on my list. It's not even going to be personally going to be like an app, like an online magazine. No, they ditch the printing and go digi- all digital. They're just giving up, quitting. Nobody wants to read it. I guess not. <laughs> Apparently, I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I. I. I misplaced the audio of my uh, interview with the editor in chief, so I don't have an answer. Well, it for doesn't. You on it that. doesn't. Usually, those articles have reasons for those things. If if there are reasons. Um, if you want me to read the article, I can read the article. We'll start top to bottom. It's okay. only going to take about three minutes. No, I'm not going <laughs> to read the article. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's a casualty of the era that we live in. 
I just assumed uh, it was a print is uh, struggling <clears throat> in in a variety of running forms, out of so. money kind of thing. But yep. So, but I think a little sad. It, it bears mention though that this really was something that was a token, a, har- a harbinger of what we were going to get in the sixties. In many ways, it was the, the one of the first pieces of the counterculture, and was in its time controversial. Mm-hmm. As hard as hard as that is to imagine. Well, you think about it as just being kind of goofy, but no, they like they poked fun at some pretty serious stuff. They weren't the National Lampoon in right. that regard, but they were certainly, you know, they took their shots. But it's it it's also you know it's it, it but they did it in such a way that oh look we're just being wacky. We're just being, you know, what crazy. me worry, <laughs> ah, silly, silly, silly. But um, at the same, by the same token, you know, by the same, to- and Weird Al Yankovic's obit, you know, Weird Al on his Twitter feed is, to my knowledge, almost never serious. That's kind of goes against who he feels he is. Yeah. But he went, oh, this is a kick in the gut. This was the thing that, for him, opened the world of being what weird al became and and getting that whole sensibility and that world that worldview so i think his i think his tweet or one of them was something along the lines of like you know mad magazine is the reason i'm weird yeah like you know we wouldn't have weird al yankovic if it were not for mad magazine is what he is telling us yeah that's not in this form yeah so it's uh yeah there's no doubt i mean it's, it's one of those things that it's hard to be surprised by given the environment we have for the media generally but uh certainly is it certainly is a change and people are going to wonder a couple generations from now what was this thing you, know, you sort of picture kids finding their dad's stash of mad magazines and wondering what yeah, happened to this. going to a garage sale and there's like <laughs> what the hell is this right this is a comic this is a comic book that's making fun of a movie from 40 years ago <laughs> was this ever relevant <laughs> yeah <laughs> first of all i don't know the movie that it's making fun of right <laughs> Right. I don't get any of these. Can jokes. I get that stream straight to my brain? Is that on the brain stream? I'm not sure. I'll have yeah. to check my brain stream catalog. God, I can't wait for the brain stream. <laughs> so well, there you go. Lots Mad of, magazine. Lots of endings. That's all I. That's all I bring to the table this week. I've got. I've got one. This is an. Um, it's a rebirth. Oh, good. not an ending. It's a rebirth. There's a uh, professional soccer team in Spain called the. I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try. Their name was the Mostoles Balompai, which is spelled Mostoles Balompi. Okay. I just like saying Balompi, but it's probably not. It's pronounced, probably pronounced Balompai, Balompi. Um, anyway, they have changed their name, rebranded, and changed their name to the Flat Earth FC. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. <laughs> That's right, the okay. Flat Earth Football Club. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In support of the conspiracy theory that the Earth is flat. Not as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, I'm the goalie, and when my teammates run down to the other end of the field, none of them disappears over the horizon. No, so they all come clearly back. the Earth is That's flat. Right. We can't see the curvature of the Earth, just the curvature of the soccer pitch. Um <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Club president Javi Povez said, We are born to unite the voices of millions of Flat Earth Movement followers and all those people who are looking for answers. Maybe they're just looking for a fan base. <laughs> just did, did it say anything about how many people came to their home games last year? Yeah, it's like no. a minor league team. <laughs> I can't believe that, that 
this guy found a whole team of people to go along with this. No, there's no, I guarantee you not everybody believes that, but if there's a paycheck involved, they'll suck it up and deal with it because they're going to get paid to play the sport. Or they they, love. they don't speak English and they don't know what flat earth <laughs> means. No, it's, hey, I mean, look. that that's possible too, but there's plenty of people, plenty of people take a job for, yeah. or working, you know, working for a company or a person that they don't particularly care for because it pays and it's the thing they want to do. Poves asserted that the rebranding was about something more significant than merely generating a bevy of free publicity. <laughs> Quote, this will also be the yeah. first football club associated with a cause and an idea without having a specific location. Rather than being beholden to a country <laughs> or a city, he argued fans of Flat Earth FC are united by the most important thing, which is an idea. Yeah. Did you uh, see their logo, no, Jim? Did you look no, up their logo? No, that's wrong. He, he, he misspoke. The central, mm -hmm. the, the, the central most important idea for a soccer team is not an idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's like, winning it, soccer it's games. It's winning games. Yeah. It's, it's generating revenue <laughs> right. and, and having a good team and having a few good players that'll carry your team and, and having continue, a solid Continue to win games and, and continue yeah. to generate revenue, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so my, my wife has moved, has added, idea. <laughs> my, my wife has added to her portfolio a, um, uh, she's responsible now for the Milwaukee Milkmen's in-game video and graphics and things. Who uh, is that? Soccer, football, uh, base, uh, baseball, baseball. That is that. That is Fireman Jim's team. Oh, okay. That, that he's working with. She's working with him on uh, on and doing the same sort of stuff she does for the Milwaukee Wave and for the uh, Milwaukee the UWM Panthers and all that other stuff. Setting up their in-game graphics, their in-game videos, and things like that. So, and, and Fireman Jim said this, and she's living it, which is if you are a minor league franchise in any sport, you are not mere, you can't be merely about the product on the field. Nobody will come for that. You've got to be about the experience of coming to this. Well, shoot, major league teams throw all sorts of junk at you too. But minor league teams are all about trying to come up with crazy promotions. And Fireman Jim said, look, I got nine innings which means I got 18 breaks. I got to come up with 18 things a game to keep people engaged between innings. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they've got for one of the things they're doing is they're dressing somebody up in a streaker suit <laughs> and having them run out on the field. And then they're having two pro wrestling guys chase him and they're keeping track how many times the streaker gets away and how many times the security catches him. Jeez. So it's, 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 so the idea that they would say, yeah, and uh, we believe in the flat earth and we're going to put up all sorts of insane defenses of the flat earth theory to draw people in controversy. Yeah. That doesn't strike me as implausible. Well, but the question becomes like, okay, so what are, okay. So in, in the soccer game, I don't even, I know that's soccer. I don't know how many breaks are there. Is there, how many periods are there? Where do they need to fill time before the they game? Two and halves. Then, okay. So then you got, you got a half time. time. So what, every half time they're going to do a, Makeup time? What they're do they gonna, call that? I don't know. Who cares? They're going to have a halftime every game. They're going to do like a presentation, like a, a PowerPoint or something to try to <laughs> teach you about flat earth. When do they play the anti-vaxxers? Because oh. <laughs> there's a team that, if that's the thing now, you're going to just pick up, you know, when, when, uh, when do they, is the anti-vaxxers, are they, are they going to be in the same conference as the, uh, as the, uh, uh, the homeopathy team? And uh, you know, just pick your hokum, you know. Right. 
Pick your Oakum. The Hokum League. <laughs> yes. Is, is Gwyneth Paltrow going to sponsor a team? I mean, what's... That's not bad, actually. Sponsored by Goop. <laughs> now you're going to put these eggs in your hoo-ha. Make sure yeah. to warm them up first. <laughs> yeah, she was on the Graham Norton Nobody show. Nobody wants a cold piece of rock in there. She was on the oh, Graham wow. Norton show to promote Goop, not as actress Gwyneth Paltrow, but oh as entrepreneur God. and Goop runner Gwyneth and Graham Paltrow. Norton. And he took it seriously. No, he didn't. He he took it as seriously as he takes anything. I was going to yeah. say, he, Graham Norton puts on a show. He didn't talk about the... Uh, he's, the he's, yeah, he's a good host. The heat em up rock eggs that you stick up there, but... Uh, that you stick into your... Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was some vagina stuff that they talked about. But anyway, Jim, I, oh, sent, I sent you a link. Did you see that? On the on oh, the, bugger. On the no, hangout, dude. oh, it's it's on the hangout. Yeah. Going, sorry, I got doing. I don't see a link it's in got the too hangout. many things going in the in the um, messages. I did not see one. No. Well, anyway, <laughs> Techn- technological fail. What's up? Yes, we'll move along. Google Flat Earth FC and look at their logo. What is it? Oh, good lord! I want Jim to see it first before I show it to you. Right? Oh, well, then I'm just gonna go look on my phone. Okay, I'll I'll bring it up. I'll bring and bring it up. I'll bring it up. <laughs> Now I went to the coast to coast website for for, but I, I assure you this is a real. What, what does that look like, uh, guys? Looks... Who wants to go first? Jim, do you got it? I'm I'm looking at Desmond. I'm not finding. I feel now. I feel like I'm the left out child. This Just is Google image search. Oh, flat here it is. Very good. Oh dear God! I can tell you what it looks like because I've already described what the flat earthers believe the Earth actually looks like. No, but the logo per, in in particular, does it look familiar? They ripped it off. Okay. Jim, do you have the answer? Is this the United Federation of Planets? Um, Close. Go back in time a little bit. It's the United Nations logo. Uh, it's just a circle with two olive it's branches It's the United Nations it. logo. Oh, sure it is. Without the I'm grid just, on it. As, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> no, but the, apparently, the I, I'm just, if you chase this around on Google a little bit, apparently the Flat Earth Society has done that. That the Flat Earth Society, because if no. you look at the World Health Organization, there's a there's a page that goes over this, and the UN is apparently bent out of shape about it. Surprise. Because the World Health Organization uses that logo, which is of course the UN logo, which then the Flat Earth Society has entirely co-opted. But more importantly, they I didn't went, know they'd done this. They went so far as to do it's the the shot of the Earth. If you were looking down at the Earth from the top of the you know straight down at the North Pole, and you took the whole Earth and you went down at the South Pole and you just peeled it apart, right? And 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 spread it all out in a big circle. And then, of course, around the edges is it's what they is what ice. they is what they literally believe Antarctica is is a giant wall of ice that keeps the water on the flat planet. Like, like they literally believe that. Nobody it's, believes that. It's like Game of Thrones, <laughs> except instead of keeping out White Walkers, it's keeping in the water. <laughs> nobody, nobody believes that. Yeah, they do. I think it's a. Sh- I think it's a sham. No, I, I, I have this is greater a big faith Andy, in humanity. You think flat, the Flat Earth Society is a whole bunch of Andy Kaufmans? Yes, they're just playing a giant joke on us. I, I may have to despair of humanity if that's Ooh, not maybe so. no, get ready to despair, my friend. I have a theory. Maybe the Flat Earth Society exists just to give minor league ball clubs something to use. Yeah. The only yeah, way to, a, to attract people. 
the only way to their game. Sure. The well, only way well, I will well, accept this as as a truth as, as like this is actually a sham that this is like a giant hoax that's being perpetrated mm-hmm. if it is in fact Andy Kaufman who is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if he is behind the scenes as the puppet master <laughs> still died. alive 30 whatever years after he died supposedly. It's, it's possible. <laughs> And he's just See, sitting the there going, me and he's there. just sitting there with Bob Zamuda, who's the only person <laughs> <laughs> who knows. Him and Bob know. If, if you've seen this elaborated draw, this painting they've got that uh, that, that supposedly shows this. It's the flat disc floating and all this. It's a painting. And what cracks me up is it's a clear Mercator projection that they've got on that flat Earth, which means it's wrong in terms of its actual size, the dimensions oh, yeah. of Africa are not what the Mercator projection well, shows. Every map you look at isn't right. The Mercator projection is is wrong, not because it's dishonest, but because it's trying to represent in two dimensional space a three dimensional sphere. Yeah, which is like I said. Other than you know, you want to see what the Earth, what the actual relative sizes of the continents are to each other. Get a globe. Every map you look at is wrong. Right, and it has will, to be. You will because be, of a, you will be convinced that oh, like well, Africa is this size compared to South America. No, it's a completely different, right? Kind of, but that rela- that, that uh, distortion is the result of the fact yeah. it's a sphere. Here, my no, I, I, but I, the, the other reason <laughs> I've given up on even caring, and I don't care, is that you can't convince these people because, like, with any dumb as well, what was your hokum? That was your word. I love that. <laughs> as with any Good kind word. of hokum, science doesn't matter. You know when when they when they showed the picture. Shoot, there's a there's a kid that, whose dad got him uh, one of those model rockets that I I certainly loved as a child. Sure, and, me too. And launched that sucker way high. I don't think he cleared the stratosphere, but he might have. And he had a camera on the thing, and the camera recorded the sun over the curve of the Earth at that height. You see it plain as day, Photoshop. Oh, that was that was the, the camera. That was the, the response. The, 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 little el- the little elves in the camera, right? That the, he the, launched. This kid, so this kid launched Photoshop a rocket it. as part of a fun little dad son experiment. Took a picture from way up high, and just to make sure that the the hoax of a round Earth was kept in place, they photoshopped that. Their motivation for that being, of course, nothing at all. So it's like, okay. All right. Since you won't be persuaded by evidence, I guess I guess our conversation is here at an end. Yeah, there's not much else you can do. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to throw this out there too, just because this is a fun fact. While we're is to get away from hokum to talk about the real science and everything, I learned this watching QI because I've been on a QI binge lately. Cool. Um, where uh, when the sun is setting, you watch you're watching the sun go down. Mm-hmm. When the bottom of the sun just kisses the horizon. Mm-hmm. That yeah. moment uh-huh. is when the sun is actually completely below the horizon. What you are seeing is the ref- is the sun being refracted through, knew that. through the atmosphere to your eyes. When you're looking at the sun and this bottom of the sun has just kissed the horizon, for real, the sun is below the because horizon. Of, because of the atmosphere and it's... Because it's, what you are seeing is, is the view of the sun, that of the, the light coming from the sun coming hits, up over. hits the... Hits the, the uh, the view of the sun, the light coming from the sun, hits the atmosphere and bends back down yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. The sun is actually below the it's horizon. Already the set. sun has already set. That is super cool. But we can we can and still see. And it it's one of those of happy coincidences that optics. It's one of those happy coincidences that it's just 
like when the when the tip of when the bottom edge of the sun hits, that's the moment. It's not when like ten percent of the sun is below. It just happens like, to be that works out nicely. Like the whole the the depth the, of the, the atmosphere and the pro that give it those optical properties yeah. and, the and the size the, of the Earth and the distance the Earth is from the exactly. sun and the size of the sun all line up perfectly. Well, it's you know not one hundred percent perfect, but it's close enough. You know, yeah. it's it's it ranks right up there with like the you eclipses know the Earth and, and the Earth, the Moon, and the Sun and their relative yeah. sizes and eclipses, and the fact that you know it the Moon perfectly blots out the Sun just because of how they're size wise. Yeah, well, not perfectly. Yeah. There's always like a little penumbra around it. Given, given a distance of what ninety three million miles. Yeah, but the sun, you know, if the moon That's were cool. if the moon were two thirds of its size, you would never block the yeah. sun out. No, 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 absolutely. Right. No, no, I get it. I, no, I, I took my son years ago to the uh, planetarium downtown. I and... love that crap. <laughs> the sun is actually down at that moment. I love that stuff. But we no, it's that, see it. That, that is. Awesome. I'm looking and, at it. <laughs> we we saw a we saw a show about light. The the IMAX show was about light. And it was actually narrated by our friend Marcella Kearns. Uh, particle and a wave. Particle and a wave. Yes, and <laughs> and they she went over the part of her narration was to go over all these issues of light. But that's something I'm going to chastise her. You didn't mention to me this in this wonderful fact. Ooh, she, she <laughs> chastise to... her. Hey, I got this friend you should talk to. He watches <laughs> a British panel show <laughs> and could probably teach you a few things. Well, well and, and again, she's an actress <laughs> and a gifted one. So, I'm, you know, she's reading a script. Sure. Right, right. So, and there's so probably I, I want, a time I want, limit I, on the show. And <laughs> go tell her she needs to cut something else out. Yeah, because I want to know this fact that Craig told me. <laughs> cut out one of those boring things and put this in there. Put, put your sun facts. I want more sun facts. Do those things. Yes. The sun is currently uh, right in the middle of the Atlantic. No, it's not. It's like one astronomical unit that way. It's yep. uh, currently directly over the middle of the Atlantic, uh, the, right, the, right the, between the Bahamas and uh, Africa. And I'm looking at my Mercator projection on Earth Desk, my desktop that is alive and shows me the real, the real, the real thing, the real thing with all hey, the look, clouds. Where the, that's where the clouds are. So every so often we we come in here and I get to see a hurricane. Nice. Like, oh, look at the little spiral right there. That thing right there is, kill- that thing right there is killing people. <laughs> is this the one right here that was uh, killing people a couple of days ago? Off Mexico? I Barbara? Anyway. Maybe. Anyway. You got something else to talk about? I think that's it for news. Hey, Jim, I, I bet I, Jim I, has I, stuff that he wants to do. I had my it? thing. I had, no, I get, no, I'm talking about this guy because he's from up here. I sent the link. Yeah, well, you sent like 50 links, so pick the thing you want to talk about and let's go. <laughs> I just, thought just, I had made it. You sent me a bunch of links. I made a decision. Okay. Like, let's talk about this. And yes. then you sent four more links. So I, I, what are we talking about, Jim? Yes. Four, yeah. Yeah. So we did the normal. Jim sends a bunch of links. And we have to weed we, out we, 90% we of it. Whittled them down. We'll talk about this, this, and that. And then Jim proceeded to send one email with an additional link, like, what, five or six times over the course of the next two days? <laughs> no, no. Maybe. We got to with this, too. <laughs> Just pick, Maybe pick the all right, thing, all right, pick the all thing right. you want. This to is talk the about. one. This is the one from the Sheboygan Press. Sheboygan is a city in Wisconsin. On, yes, on the coast of Lake Michigan. On the north, coast of Lake Michigan, not too Milwaukee. far north from here, where I where there's a wonderful resort called the Blue Harbor that I've gone. But that's not what I'm talking about. Is I'm that... talking about Sheboygan serial toilet clogger sentenced to 150 days in jail, comma probation. And serial I, I th- 
toilet clogger. So he's clogging toilets with breakfast cereal, like alphabets, <laughs> golden yes. grams. It um and it, it Dateline Sheboygan, a 35-year-old Sheboygan man was sentenced Monday to 3 years of probation for clogging women's toilets in Deland Park and at his place of work. Only women's. That here we go. Okay, continue. Patrick Just D. Beeman, B-E-E-M-A-N, was originally charged with 12 misdemeanors. Ah, that's wrong. That's poorly written. 12 misdemeanor counts of criminal damage to property. But seven of the charges were dismissed in early June. As a condition of his probation, Beeman will have to serve 150 days in jail, pay more than $5,500 in restitution, not be allowed to possess or consume alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and complete 100 hours of community service. So oh, that's what please, he did. please tell me that his 100 hours involves unclogging toilets. <laughs> Going to like public, public, you know, parks and rest stops and all that kind of stuff. The well, punishment and, and should fit plumber. the crime, really. Yeah. yeah. And, and so here he is standing in front of the court. He says, quote, uh-huh. I need to make things right <laughs> and pray forgiveness every day. It's like, dude. Let's get some proportionality going on here, okay? You're not the man in the glass booth. You're not Joseph Mengele. You have a problem and need to get it solved. What is his problem? What exact and and I think it was I think it was Mike who said he was disappointed by this. His <laughs> thing his thing was actually according to a complaint, officers found a toilet in the women's bathroom at Deland Community Center clogged by a plastic bottle. Officers had checked the restrooms the previous evening, and the toilets were not damaged. They reviewed 10 similar incidents beginning in April 2017, where toilets were clogged. How did they catch the nefarious toilet clogger? They were able to identify him after speaking with a manager at the temp agency where he had worked. He said Beeman damaged toilets at the company where he was placed by the agency. So this is just something he does everywhere he goes. According to the complaint, he told police he gets urges to do odd things. Uh-huh. Maybe he should just get one of those urges to like eat carpet or something. And just, like, <laughs> they can make a show out of that. My strange addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Like his like strange look... addiction is clogging women's toilets with plastic bottles. Apparently. Like look for bottles in the garbage to plug toilets, which prompted my deputy and I to sit there and go, we both got bottled water at our office trying to do the right thing. Just sitting there and it's like that bottle of water calling to you. <laughs> Is that the? Yeah. I think that bottle. Yeah. Put, put me in the ladies' toilet, dude. No, I should. I shouldn't, man. I shouldn't. That's dude, wrong. Dude, come on, you know no, you no, want I, to. No, we did that before. And we almost got in trouble, man. Do it again, Jim. No, I don't want to. Have, no, have, no, have a few beers first, Jim. I, uh, no, I had three beers. I'm good. I'm good, man. Have I'm some fine. more, Jim. Go to the bar. No. They get a bottle. Don't you, know you want don't, to. Don't listen to him, Jim. Be a good employee. Don't listen to him. I'm going to do the angel <laughs> do and the, the devil. Side. I'll do the angel on the shoulder. Don't listen to him. No, no. I, I really, sh- but I, I like shoving the bottle in the toilet. <laughs> it makes like you that. feel that, good, doesn't it, Jim? It does. It kind of does. It wouldn't. It makes you feel tingly down there, doesn't it, <laughs> I What? I've never, I guess, I don't know. I, and God, you know, hey, look, there before the grace of God go any of us, but. I've never had that much crazy. So is there plastic bottle toilet clogging porn out there? 
<laughs> yes. Come on. Don't be stupid. There's a You're website, Mike. <laughs> there's a pay website. Yes. Dedicated to that. Sure. And there's and there's one woman, whoever she may be, I, let's call let's call her Clogarina, that is that is pay, getting that's what she does. She encourages you to do this and says it's okay that you do it. And mommy wants you to do it. And 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 that yes, of course. Don't be ridiculous. But yeah, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, toilet clogger, guy with nefarious urges, unspoken urges, the 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 love that dare not speak its name to to shove plastic water bottles into women's toilets. Where does the the he's not allowed to possess or consume alcohol work into this? Well, you you'd have to draw the conclusion that he does it when it's loaded, but when he's loaded, but here's the thing, not he necessarily. Did this- <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. He's th- well, and let's also say he's 35 years old working at this temp agency. So I, I think we can say something about his prospects. Yeah. Um, and and then he worked at that temp agency for one month. You do love the fact that temp agencies, being the great upstanding members of society that they are, are know that they've got a guy who's a serial toilet clogger and doesn't tell anybody, just lets the guy go. <laughs> You know, they get reports back from the in, the places where they've dispatched him. Hey, uh, you know, dude over here has apparently got a thing about clogging up toilets with plastic bottles. Oh, well, very good. Well, we'll dismiss him. No, we won't try to get him help. He doesn't seem like he needs help. We'll just set him loose under. It'll probably be fine. <laughs> it's not. It's not like he's really hurting anyone. No, right? but it. But it... <laughs> Oh, I see. So now you're on the victimless crime bandwagon. I find it poetic, I guess, that he's using a water bottle mm-hmm. to stop the water uh-huh. from doing what the water is supposed to do. He didn't put, he didn't like shove like a balled up piece of cloth. He didn't shove like an entire a box meat, of cereal. A meatloaf. <laughs> You know, he <laughs> he shoved a water bottle in there. I don't Presumably know empty because that you got them out of the garbage. I don't. I don't know. Well, you could always just fill it up in the faucet. Yeah, that's true, but I, make I sure just, it's I, weighed down. I, I I somehow find that kind of interesting. There's something. Like, yeah. There's, there's something. There's, there's a. It's you know his choice of of cloggage. May I also speak because I'm. I feel obligated as a government official of a type to speak on behalf of the right honorable. Judge Kent Hoffman and D- defense attorney Jacob Bierenbaum. 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 These are the individuals that had to deal with this case. Okay. You figure you're a lawyer, you're a judge, you've been to law school, you've worked hard, you've done right to be a- appointed a judge, to be in this case elected. You got to be elected circuit judge. He's run for office. He's cert- And now his life is spent trying to figure out what to do with a guy who's jonesing to shove plastic bottles into toilets. Where's the precedent for that? Well, that's not, his... not only that, but anybody Googles him now, this is the first thing that's going to come up. Right, right. <laughs> None of the many, many good things that he did, you know, the his public whole, service. That his whole career comes down to this case now. Because this became a wire story. It became a kicker story. And so, Well, because yeah, people now... got to write headlines like serial toilet clogger. Yeah, well, here's... <laughs> Here's the beauty Which of it, though. makes you think about something completely different than plastic it does. bottles. It does. Like I mean, it did with me and with you and with Craig, probably, and everybody who read that. I made the joke that he, you know, he went looking for a precedent. Well, clearly there isn't going to be one. 
<laughs> but how many judges, given the legal system and how long it's been around and how many cases there have been in our litigious society and how many things, you know, whenever you go looking for precedent, there's something. There's quite possibly no precedent for this, which means this judge will actually be able to be one of few judges nowadays who will be able to establish the precedent. So he will be cited in 25 years when there's the next case of the serial <laughs> water yeah, bottle yeah, toilet yeah, clogger. Yeah, yeah. Like for he, the next, like for how the many next judges, time it happens. How many judges actually get to set the precedent nowadays? For right. how we, I, I don't th for anything, for a case that like where there's no there's nothing you know this is going to be the thing that they go back to. There's no there's no you know X V Y from you know forty five years ago having to do with plastic water bottles in in toilets because there weren't plastic water bottles to jam down toilets, right? You know fifty sixty years ago. So like but at some the point, fact that it's a plastic bottle set a precedent or is it just serial vandalism of toilets? Well, whatever the case is, I like just I'm just like. Sure, it, but on the other make hand, it the plastic bottle thing because now it becomes that—that's the precedent of like the person went pulled the thing out of the garbage can and put it in there. Like this, this could actually be like this judge no, no, could I, actually set the precedent precedent no, in a legal capacity and like like you made the comment that like this, he's going to go down his whole career is going to be sure. this. Yeah, it is, and I'll, that's something I'll to be, celebrate because he's going to be a judge who sets an actual legal precedent. I'll take it one step further. As long as people keep coming up with these. Uh, crazy harebrained schemes with with their weird sexual perversions, and managed to make a crime out of it. That there's going to be all kinds of uh, new precedents that could be set, and more judges that can become famous for for weird stuff as we get more weird. That's weak over time. Come on, humanity! <laughs> Don't disappoint us. There's way too many judges that are as li we living and working for you know forty five years and dying and never getting a chance to set the precedent for this particular type of case. As we spiral closer and closer to the uh, weirdness singularity, yeah, <laughs> that eventually consumes everything. <laughs> if you if you if you can think of something at some point, somebody's going to make it super weird, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to go do it. Multiple and times, yeah, over, and that's know. how it ends up in the weirdness singularity. Yeah, <laughs> just slowly creeps there. It's gonna, no, you know, it, it, it'll, yeah, it'll, it, it'll, it'll be sitting on the event horizon of this of this the weirdness singularity for a long time. Technically, it will have actually already plummeted in, but from an, our perspective outside of the event horizon, it will appear to have sat there for a great deal of time because of the distortion of time and space right. and light. At that point, oh, that's a black hole. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, well, we'll still see it, even though it is already set, right? <laughs> exactly. Beyond the event horizon. The weirdness has already... The, the weirdness you're seeing is actually refracted. Yes. <laughs> Off yes. of our atmosphere. It's already below that event horizon. Should have known that. So has this... Has this re so when will this reach maximum weirdness? My friend, it has already reached maximum weirdness. Yes. When Sorry, you think it's just you creeping it. into maximum weirdness, it has already plummeted into maximum weirdness. <laughs> All you need is a viral headline <laughs> for a crime that sets a new precedent. And when those two things combine, they create a new uh, weirdness anomaly. Sure. A weirdness hole. <laughs> well, I was trying not to say hole, but okay. <laughs> weirdness, weirdness hole. If we're comparing sure. it to yeah. a black hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jeez. Well, thank you, Jim, for uh, for choosing that one. That was fun. 
stuffing toilets with plastic bottles is me. That's what I do. Is it really? You, you like that, do you? Well, you better be careful not to get caught because now there's a precedent. <laughs> Especially in the Sheboygan circuit. Jim, go do it again. No, I told you, I really, I, I got a last time. What was the guy's last name? Uh, Beeman. Beeman. E-E-M-A-N. And Sheboygan is in Sheboygan County, yes? Yeah, yeah. So it's you know someday down the road there's going to be some lawyers actually going to stand up and say you know in the case of Sheboygan, uh, Sheboygan versus Beeman, Beeman. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the other the other lawyer and all the people in the gallery are going to be like, what? Huh? <laughs> you cited, what did you just cite? The judge is going to be like, let me see that. And he's going to bring the book up, you know, the <laughs> legal book taken off of somebody's shelf because that's what those books are full of citations of, of precedent and legal proceeding and he's going to pull that book off there and flip it open to page 178 in one of you know in one of the 40 green bound leatherette law books from his office yeah there's there it is the people of sheboygan versus beeman <laughs> all right that is kind of great <laughs> <laughs> um right there alongside roe v wade Jesus. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Not in the same book, but you know, yeah. it's, like, <laughs> but, it's you know, a precedent. It's on the same shelf. It's, it's a legal precedent. Sammy? Sure. Sammy Peeps. Do we want to check in with Sammy Peeps? Yeah. Samuel it's, it, Peeps. You uh you had family going going hanging out in Londinium. Yeah? Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's cover real quick again. Who is Samuel Peeps? Well, Samuel Pepys was a uh, high, highly placed official in the Navy of Charles II in the 17th century. And um, he, he doesn't rise to the very highest levels of government, but he's very influential. He's very highly placed. And he's a classic high-level bureaucrat. But at some point in his life, he decided, I'm going to keep a diary. And it's not going to be a diary that some people keep later in life where they, you know, relate some events to your diary. Bobby kissed me or anything like that. He's going to really almost use it as a confessional as a as a place to tell some of his deepest secrets that he expects no one else to see and so from january of 1660 until may of 1669 so for nine years he leaves us one of the most pure and true documents of a human being's life and it's one of the earliest sorts of records like this that we have of not just what someone did we've got a lot of that but what someone thought and what he felt and what he was afraid of and what he really liked and what he what his relationship was like with his wife and his mistress that he had some fun with and like how he related to different people and how he was how he had buyer's remorse when he bought a fancy jacket with silver buttons we've covered all sorts of fun stuff and my brother kurt regular guest on the show um visited europe recently and he was in london for a time and he went to the tower the tower the tower, the of, tower london, of london the prison mm-hmm. um and while he was there he came across a placard um featuring a uh, photographic likeness of samuel peeps that was labeled visitor <laughs> yeah yep. with uh whatever year it was i don't recall off the top of my head 
So when the high government officials go and visit the tower, they take their picture and put it no, on the wall? No, no, no. no, no. no. Visiting, was, that's a euphemism. He was imprisoned for six months. <laughs> oh. For six kind, weeks, six that, weeks. That kind of visitor. Um, late in his life, he was imprisoned for six weeks. Um, I, I have the feeling that perhaps, uh, maybe I got, we have to talk to Kurt when he's back. Do they put a different word other than visitor when it's somebody who died there or was executed while they were there? But if it's somebody who just served some time and then left, they are the visitor <laughs> because that's what visiting is right you go and then sure. you, you, you stay cut, there you, for a little while and come then you, and you leave. leave yeah yeah it's whereas like, a oh. person who was imprisoned for 20 years or you know was up there for a year and then executed they maybe have a different little colloquialism that they used anyway um so kurt brought that up he's like hey look sammy lifelong peeps was, resident yeah. sammy peeps was a visitor at the white tower um but unfortunately, that uh, happened later in his life, and it was past the age when he was still keeping the diary because his eyesight had degraded at that point, Jim tells us. So we don't, we don't actually have a diary entry um, from around that time, yeah. unfortunately. So we'll go to Jim's default, which is to kind of follow along with where we're at in the year, I suppose. Yeah, well, we've, been, we've already went Roughly. sort of through, we've been at this for a while, so we're, we're bumping into uh, 1661, um, and it's... Uh, and and I, I will tell you, I'll just make this comment. Something to look forward to as we as we do Nerdburger twelve hundred, the um, as we <laughs> make our way because as I say, the diary goes to sixteen sixty nine. Just to check, I wanted to see what was at the end, and I went through and I was reading the last entries. He very deliberately enters. Um, he very much he very he de- he en- ends the diary very deliberately. He says, "My eyesight is failing," and. One of the most amazing things he says is I, his eyesight is failing and therefore I could only continue my diary if I was able to dictate it lo- to someone who would write it down in longhand. And I couldn't possibly do that and write down the things I've been writing down. Sure, because he's, like you said, writing down secrets yeah. and he'd like, have to, his innermost thoughts. He'd have to water it down. Yeah, it would, in order to... It would, be decide, it would be a decidedly different diary at that point. Yeah, and it wouldn't so what's... even sound like him anymore. Right, he, he and it's and, what's and the so point? Because then. Would, he, it, it just amazed me again how much Samuel Pepys is aware of what he's doing. Okay, here's a question for you, Jim. Now, have you read the entire thing, every entry? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh crap! Because I was gonna like you went to read the ending. I was like, I was gonna give you a hard time for like even with a diary, you had to go and read the ending before you finished <laughs> no, I read the it rest in grad of the school. book. I actually got no. I read it as an undergrad. <laughs> is that because... something Jim does? No, it's something that some people do though. They read the end. Yeah, of the, yeah. They read the last Spoil page the of ending. the book. Yeah, no, I know. I I know somebody that uh, does that with everything they watch on TV. Watch the last episode first. Watch the ending. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Movies. Yeah. No, I just know there's people who did it. I was just, I was gonna, I was curious if Jim had done that with a diary. <laughs> yeah. No, he did. Okay. So anyway, where are we? So, at? so we're gonna go to Tuesday, the second of July, sixteen sixty-one. So right about where we are. Tuesday. Uh, right around now. And so here's what Sam did. To Westminster Hall. And there walked up and down, it being term time. Spoke with several, among others, my cousin, Roger Peets, who was going up to the Parliament House, (laughs) and inquired whether I had heard from my father since he went to Brampton, which I had done yesterday, who writes that my uncle is by fits stupid and like a man that is drunk and sometimes speechless. Home, and after my singing master had done, took coach and went to Sir William Diant's Devant's opera, this being the fourth day that it hath begun, and the first that I had seen it. Today was acted the second part of The Siege of Rhodes. We stayed a very great while for the king and the queen of Bohemia, 
and by the breaking of a board over our heads, we had a great deal of dust fell into the ladies' necks and the men's hair, which made good sport. The king being come, the scene opened, which indeed is very fine and magnificent and well acted, all but the eunuch, who was so much out that he was hissed off the stage, home and wrote letters to my lord at sea, and so to bed. Oh my God, there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that might be the the most full entry we've ever had on the show. So so he goes to Westminster Hall. A lot Hall. to unpack, huh, yeah. Craig? <laughs> There's a lot going on in there. <laughs> you hate that phrase. Yeah, <laughs> I do. But, we, it's, uh, but, but there's, it's accurate But there's this so time. much stuff. But it's you can't really help, accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he goes up to Westminster, which is the House of Government. It still is. It's still where you, if you ever see the Houses of Parliament, that's Westminster. Right. And it's been there since, what, about, it's certainly 11th century. I don't it's know if it's older than that. It's not just an abbey, folks. No, no. And the Abbey's just down the street, but the, the hall is right there. And they're walked up and down. So he's so he's wandering around. Let's be clear about this. He's not doing work. <laughs> well, he's walking up and down. He's killing it time. Because yeah, they, yeah. they didn't have uh, the internet right. back then. Right. He had, he, he, he had, what's the, I was about to say he can't play bubble pop all day. Give me a break. But it's term time. So that means all the lawyers are in town. Okay, so it's one of the four law court terms. He speaks with several people, among them his cousin, Roger Peeps. Which kills me. That's my dad's name. (laughs) And not not a name that I normally associate with Brits. Right. Who are going up to the Parliament House. Have you heard from Dad? Okay. Right. and, and, And apparently his dad has written to Roger that his uncle Robert, so Roger's brother, so it's Roger and Robert, is by Fitz stupid and like a man that is drunk and sometimes speechless now there's a lot of speculation as to what this is it sounds like perhaps robert is um coming down with some sort of mental condition like he's in his well, age he, perhaps something yeah, senility senility alzheimer's something is beset him well the, the the general consensus that i could discern and i don't remember reading this in the original um this was they probably mean in a when they say stupor, it is probably it's it's not stupid, but a stupor, mm-hmm. which has led most people to think he probably suffered a stroke. Oh, okay, sure. Um, and and, and at times speechless, right? So that so some so his uncle people who seems suffer to a stroke often can't yep. speak for a while, right? Okay, so that he's he's, he's likely followed right. taking yeah. a stroke. So again, this this little moment of we we almost never hear about this stuff from people who aren't royalty, right? right. So right yeah, there, yeah. Like if if you know some monarch had had a stroke, it would have made it into the historical records, and we would know like, well, this monarch had you know this disease right. and had a stroke twice, and blah 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 blah. So again, this is Sammy's uncle we're talking about, correct? Okay. Just some just some guy named Robert. <laughs> yeah, so you know, so so now we know more. We know about more about Robert Peeps because of Sam than we ever possibly would have under any other circumstance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless so, Robert had so he goes home, and, <laughs> right, right, and then his then his, he gets together with his singing master. So Sam takes his voice lesson. So by the way, and I'm this is one of the things I really wanted to point out in this ent- in this particular entry. Notice how little he works. <laughs> yeah, he's always politician shopping. doesn't do his job. He's yeah, so walking around. So, so, so he goes home, <laughs> meets with his diary. singing master. Good, good, good. Going to church, and, listening to the great pipe organs. 
You're right. And now he's now he's going off to the opera, which is at the Lincoln's Inn Field. Now, he's not gone very far. He's all sort of hanging out in the central part of London. And for anybody complaining about how, like, you're making light of this politician not doing his job, like, perhaps he's going around. When Sammy is schmoozing people, he talks about it. Oh, yeah. So if, if this, this entry comes and goes and he never talks about, like, you know, talking to somebody about some governmental something or other or some business something or other, then he didn't. Then he was just dicking yeah. around all day. Continue. So this is so he goes to see, and this is once again Sammy just cruising through history like Zalig. He goes to see the Siege of Rhodes. The Siege of Rhodes is regarded as the first English opera ever. And this is one of its first performances. Oh wow. It was, so it was the, the fourth performance, right? Cutting edge. Well, well, he's, Sammy. well it it was this is the fourth. It's it's been it's a long thing. They don't do it all at once. Okay. So they're making their way. This is the fourth day that it has be- since it hath begun, and the first that I've seen it. So today they're acting the second part. Sam's an early adopter. He is. He's, <laughs> like he grabs he's, the cutting edge the cutting thing. Edge yeah. of opera. So they stayed a very great while for the king and queen of Bohemia. Now this is this is Charles Stuart. Um, this is it's kind of comp- <laughs> it's kind of complicated, but this is. This is, of course, the king. Uh, this is the this is Charles II and the Queen of Bohemia, who is his wife. Or sorry, that's the that is the eldest daughter of James VI of Scotland. So he is sister to Charles I and cousin to Frederick of Denmark and all this other stuff. So the king and the queen, they're going to come in and they're waiting a while. Inbreeding? What inbreeding? <laughs> right. They stayed. They they stayed a very great while. So they they went to see the second part of the siege of Rhodes. Sure. They stayed a great while, waiting for the king and queen to come. And by the breaking of a board over our heads, we had a great deal of dust fall on the ladies' necks and the men's hair, which made good sport. The theater broke. I was yeah, going to say what, there was an accident. Like this is like the equivalent of like you know one of those lights dropping on the stage, and everybody goes it's, whoa. It's, Except this yeah. was just a bunch of dust. And everybody was like. Ha, <laughs> so funny right and it's like and it was good sport. It, was, it was funny right that was that was entertaining to sam because they didn't and have they had, the internet it was a knee slapper yeah this was not part of the production this was no just, no they're still waiting he says we are sitting there waiting for king charles and and his relative the queen of bohemia to come and to come and see the show no you know you don't oh, start that show oh. without them well, here, here's the question do you think the theater company people like the director was like wow geez the king and queen aren't here these people are starting to get restless. Perhaps we should break a board. Um, <laughs> As if we would give them some jest. <laughs> okay, so they what would be funny? To talk about for a little while. If a great deal of dust fell onto the ladies' necks and the men's hair, <laughs> that would be funny. Like, Let's climb, do that. Climb up on the roof with this big rock. I mean, not fall staff funny, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what is? <laughs> you know, which made good sport. The king being come, the scene opened, which is indeed very fine and magnificent and well acted. Oh, but the eunuch, who was so much out that he was hissed off stage. So much out. Yeah, it was, which the the general interpretation of that is he just didn't deliver his lines correctly. Now, he didn't sing them well enough. It wasn't, now, it wasn't he, very he good. Was off. Yeah. Now the one thing we, we actually believe not only was he bad, he was bad enough that the audience the that the audience was okay with losing that part of the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you go. We'll figure out the rest from context. Go away. <laughs> now it's an opera, right? So all the parts are sung. Right. 
So this guy is a eunuch, and we know why a eunuch would be used in a context like this. Sure. So you have a mental context of this guy singing in a very high falsetto mm-hmm. and getting it just wrong <laughs> and getting it so badly wrong that is correct. That didn't occur to me, Craig, but that's actually a really good insight. They were willing yeah, to just say, we, I, we don't need to know this part. <laughs> whatever it is you were bringing to the show, we no longer want it or need it. Get off. <laughs> now, do they literally hiss in the time? Was, would they make that yes. sound oh, or yes. is that just it an expression? Been it would have been, been booing. Oh, and by man. the way, would that be history, terrible? <laughs> like some stand-up comic. <laughs> history has <laughs> left us his it. name. And everybody... his, his name was John Downs. Oh, poor John. Ooh, John Downs. Ooh. Did he recover? Did his career snap back? Yeah. He, uh, as, as Did he get a I believe, bad review? I believe, I believe this is the only reference to him in history. Oh. Wow. Yeah, this is it. That the, His one review was Sam Peeps advising that he was hissed off the stage. <laughs> Jeez. Well, it's a good thing Sammy didn't publish this stuff. So maybe for all we know, he changed his name and went on, you know, like that wasn't exactly. He didn't have to like produce a whole bunch of new documentation. He could just say yeah. he was somebody else and go somewhere else. Wait, how do we know his name? Apparently, well, that there, he must have been, and I've I can't find it. I I can only assume because it's in a footnote to the Peeps diaries that I own your, that he that he must have been somewhere recorded as being paid by this, uh, List, by Devin's Opera House listed in the cast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was in the program. Yeah, basically. And they, they to, got him up. And then after he got hissed off stage, they had to take the program and charcoal him out. <laughs> I don't and write ooh. in who the understudy was. Who's the understudy ooh, for the eunuch? Ooh, John Downs. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, uni- no eunuch's throat singing for you. Um, and then, of course, home and wrote letters to my lord at sea. He finally gets around to working. Doing his actual work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so oh, he sits wonderful. up late. Which is part of the reason, parenthetically, why later generations would say many people in this era lost their vision because they tended to work late at night by candlelight, which caused which caused immense strain. Wow. So he would have diaried much longer if he'd actually done his work during the day when he was supposed to (laughs) and screwed around in the evening instead of hanging around at his house when the uh, plasterers were there and (laughs) complaining about how they weren't getting any work done. If you recall That's that episode from three years ago where Sammy <laughs> wrote in his diary how he's bitching about <laughs> the plasterers who were doing construction work in his home not getting anything done quickly enough for him. I believe while, he drank with them at one point. He yep. did. He offered them booze when they finished. While, yeah. while he was there playing hooky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking well, with them. Yeah, not getting they, any work done himself. I think he was putting on a big show. Yeah. You know, fellas got to go upstairs and send all these letters and things. You guys could pull a little part of your own weight, too. When we all know full well, he's not doing anything of the kind. No. <laughs> no. So so instead of it's just that what, what leapt out to me was the first line to Westminster Hall and there walked up and down. It's, you know, just just hanging out, enjoying, you know, yeah, just. You're at home. The, the well, summer, the nice summer weather. The, he didn't cover. He didn't cover the mundane of of everything that led up to that. It's like get up, you know, take a pee, shave, get dressed, have something to eat, 
have somebody help help him get dressed probably right. put his wig on you know powder it all up do whatever he has to do get ready kind of tool around the house talk to the wife who he has a not yeah. relationship with <laughs> you know after lusting after the maid you know walks around looks at the uh the finished plaster work he's like yeah well, it's not too bad i guess <laughs> just kind considering of, how drunk we got <laughs> goes to his sits down in his diary he's like well nothing really happened yet today I don't have anything to write in there um, you know, gets up, walks around the park. Does he have kids at this point? Maybe, you know, nope, nope. um, yeah. So I just like, yeah, he's just hanging around doing nothing. And so he finally like, I just got to get out of the house. Does he ever have kids? <laughs> so he went to Westminster and walked up and down. Yeah. Does he We've ever have been kids? There where you're just like, you, all of a sudden you just like, you don't have anything to do. And you just like, you, you invent something. Yeah. It's called. TV. Well, yeah, yeah. Except you're in this Reddit house for that, three hours. You're in a house that doesn't have a circulatory HVAC system. Yeah. You're, you're living in London where the smells were probably pretty choice if you stayed indoors long enough. Yeah, but that's and just so you, it's just, a, that, that was that was just life at the time. Yeah, but going out and taking the air I suppose was, a, yeah. was, was, a, was a good, that was a thing, right? And there he bumps into his cousin and they talk and Fine stories. I got time and, to kill before my singing lesson. I got you right, right. That's the other thing. And he's got to head back to get his singing lesson in. Got to notch that. And 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 I will say about the singing lesson. The one thing I will defend: if you didn't have art like that, because he also uh, plays very well on an early ancestor of the uh, piano. He takes. He was actually regarded as an excellent player of that. If you didn't have those sorts of capacities, you weren't getting work at his level of society. Oh, sure. You had to, like, that was highfalutin stuff. Like, you had to kind of be, like, a, you, a you gentleman be able, of, soci- of society. You know, like, if, if, if your Lord, the Earl of Sandwich, looks at you and goes, hey, Samuel, favor us with a song. Yeah. You had best come up with a song. Yeah. And it better be a good one. Well, that's, and that's, you know, when, when, when we did the Renaissance Fair, you were in court for a while, but that was kind of the thing at court was, like, you always, like, everybody who played like some noble character at court for the queen at some point did something to entertain her because right. that's, that's how it happened. You didn't, it wasn't just, you know, you sure you had court musicians and, and jesters and fools and things. And you had, you know, people that would come in and juggle and tumble and whatnot, but you also had just like people would come out and they would recite something in Latin or they would um, recite a scene from a play or they would sing a song or they'd play an instrument or. Yeah, and that's and to the earlier point in a day before television, in a day before the internet, and your you your were phones, the internet, <laughs> you were the internet, and and depending on where you stood in society, you had best be able to, and and you liked doing it. I'm not saying it was somehow a burden. No, they, was clear, just they clearly part of your liked, life, yeah, they liked doing it. But so the idea that he would go back to his singing master and and get his lessons in and learn how to play that 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 was actually a job requirement. So. Yeah, that's how you would impress people. You'd right, come so. in knowing, you know, like if you didn't know languages or or know how to do something artistic, like what were you doing with your time as, right. a, as a gentleman of leisure, you like some, of some amount stage, of leisure? Like, like, like yeah, like <laughs> did anybody get hissed out of like, you know, somebody's house? <laughs> Ooh. James, favor us with a song. And then he went up there and started warbling something out and everybody... <sighs> <laughs> had to leave and Shuff, came back shuffling shuffling their feet <laughs> make sure you pay close attention when you're reading the rest of the diary for the next 17 years while we do this um 
that uh yeah if, if if he ever if sammy ever reports somebody be somebody performing in some capacity at somebody's home and then getting hissed out the door i want to hear that entry <laughs> yes absolutely <sighs> wow so uh i was wondering if he had any kids mm-hmm. and he didn't he, Which is odd for the time, I suppose. He got he was twenty two when he married his wife of fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> um but then right away after they got married, he uh he had surgery to correct his bladder stones that were in his urinary tract, causing him constant pain. That'll that we, we will get diary entries about those. And uh yeah. And people uh think that that may have left him sterile. Okay, oh, I was sure. going to say, there may have been, you know, st- like you said, sterility. There may have been um, uh, uh, miscarriages that just he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't account for, that he doesn't talk about. Because um, the, there was but certainly yeah. a mor- infant mortality rate. Bladder stone surgery in, that, in, that in 1657. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeesh>. <laughs> yeah. Watch, watch. Watch Deadwood. Watch an episode of Deadwood called Requiem for a Gleet. That's <laughs> the one. That's the one. <laughs> what kind of surgery is in that? Uh, it's a surgery that involves um, up through the urethra, taking oh. a metal instrument up okay. through the right. urethra. All right, that's enough. And then Thank you. whacking at the stones to break them so up. They to can, break so them they can up, come out the right way. So then you can pee the sharp, jagged pieces out. Uh huh. And the guy was conscious. Yeah. For it. Uh huh. Not even drunk. Oh, okay. Oh, no, okay. No, slammed hard drunk. Okay. All right. But, but yeah. he was That's still the conscious. old West that I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he drank. <laughs> yeah. So so you know that uh <laughs> that... <laughs> I'll I'll happily sit in the little machine that shoots the sound waves at my <laughs> groinal region and then okay, I'll deal with that. Like <laughs> let's, let's break those up or go on the or or go on the roller coaster like we've talked about on the show. Go on yeah. the roller coaster. Yeah, going on roller coasters can break up kidney stones. Really? Well, no. You, John Calvin passed his kidney stones by vigorous horse riding. There you go. Yeah, he, he he bounced them clean. Wonder how many uh, rodeo riders there are that have kidney stones. Do they manage to take care of that? Probably, easily? probably not too many. They bounce around on those those irate bulls that have the slinger on their testicles and pepper blown up their nose or whatever it is they do <laughs> to make those things so angry. I uh, I can only say that when I was looking for the uh, <laughs> for the entry do. today, I I, I offer the uh, I there was this little paragraph here at the bottom of the entry for the Fourth of July, Happy Fourth of July, sixteen sixty one, where uh, where uh, where Mister Batersby years too early, where Mister Batersby the apothecary told me that if my uncle this is his uncle who is in stupefaction and this uncle is going to show up again stupefaction I should say stupefaction. If he has the emeralds, which I think he had, and that they are now stopped, he will lay his life that bleeding behind by leeches will cure him. Oh, my. But I am resolved not to meddle in it. (laughs) I'm like, can you just imagine? That happened to one of our fellow human beings, folks. Somebody had hemorrhoids and some apothecary put leeches on him. Well, they are blood I vessels. think that actually might work. Yeah. Seems pretty <laughs> obvious to me. <laughs> that the... actually might work, but that is as horrifying a thing. Can you... Um, oh, 
God. That's oh. not going to crawl up there, is it, Doc? Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That's what they do. For, for the record, we all have hemorrhoids all the time. Of course. Yes. You, we don't all have inflamed hemorrhoids right. all the time. Correct. They're the emerald. Thank you, Thank the you curse QI. Of the emerald. <laughs> I learned but, about but again, QI as well. It's just a part of your sphincter area. <laughs> but I just I just just want you to bear in mind that there would have been a, a doc with a bottle of a little jar of live leeches ready to put them on there for you. And they weren't getting paid the kind of money they are now either. This is... to, to quote, and there was no such thing there was no such thing as malpractice. I am resolved <laughs> I am resolved not to meddle in it. Yep. I, I, you know, that, that, that may be a phrase I apply to more things in life. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll cope. I am, I am resolved not to meddle in it. I'm not gonna. He will lay his life that bleeding behind, behind, by leeches will cure him. Mm, no. Anyway, um, on that note, uh, <laughs> do we have anything else to wrap up here? Yes, we do. We have uh, a Kevin question and an answer. Uh-oh. Yeah. We have four answer. Okay. Kevin says, butter pecan frozen custard. You're welcome, Kevin. Okay, that's his choice. That's wrong. <laughs> Seems kind of... Yeah, unless he's Unless he's describing the least desirable frozen custard flavor. No, no, no. Well, it was it was of all the let frozen him, let him ice have his, cream like dessert things. Let him have his thing. That's what he wants. That's what, Fine. That's what he More likes. of the other stuff for us. But oh, that's, so, okay, I'll, I'll look at it from that perspective. Okay. Kevin, is it Culver's at least? <laughs> I should think. <laughs> if it's not, we're going to never talk to you again. Yeah, let's where, never speak of that again. Where are you getting your frozen custard? All right. What does Kevin ask? Have to ask one fourteen question. This has been a hot-button issue on the internet lately. Mm-hmm. Do you actively wash your legs in the shower, or just let the cascading waterfall of soap take care of that chore for you? Thanks. <laughs> what sort of a savage doesn't wash their legs? I don't know. Are, are, are we brute beasts? Every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, you gotta... You gotta you Get know, down there! At least just, you know, ladder... Dig in! I'd say, I'd say I'm not. At least rub it a little. I'm... <laughs> Title of your sex tape. At least rub it a little. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, Suddenly he's that, eight, that devil on my is, shoulder it is The legs, the lower legs are perhaps the area of, one of the areas of the body that receive the least attention. Yeah. It's not necessarily, I don't, you know, I think, you know, yeah. I probably don't really really get in there like i might in other uh, parts of the body but i think you gotta i think you do I... what leg reek is that what you want i, I mean i i got behind the knee swamp ass <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> i'm saying these are things that are easily preventable by the simple application of soap i i will say i try to to wash my legs do i spend as much time and care on them as my Pits mm-hmm. and crotch, mm-hmm. maybe not. Yeah, that's what but, I'm saying. Yeah. Well, come on, come on. No, 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 no. no. I think there's, I, I think there's plenty of time f- that there's plenty. I think f- there's plenty of people that never touch their lower legs. They just assume, eh, the water will just. I I run water over it every day. Yeah. That is the fallacy of the wicked alternative. Okay, I do not have to accept the premise that well, geez, I'm either going to wash my nether regions or I'm going to wash my legs. No, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying they just don't, and they think that, okay, well, that takes care of that. I mean, it's... Ah, no. Oh, gee, I feel filthy thinking about it. 
So that's three three no's then. I would say that I I, I wash my legs like, but like I said, they probably don't receive the uh, three yeses. In depth yes, treatment that other parts of the body generally but, do. But you, you do actively wash your legs. Yes, Jim. I, I'm stunned anybody would think the other. Yes, I do. Yes, well, I, and here's another thing. This is another thing I learned from QI. And I'm not questioning <laughs> you. I don't want to know your answers because I don't care about you enough. But there are people in the world that you will ask them. You, will, you could go to a group of people. You could gather 20 people in a room and say, everybody who um, stands up after they've finished on the toilet and they stand up and then wipe, raise your hand. Okay, now everybody who sits on the toilet and digs down in there while they're still sitting and wipes their ass, raise your hand. Now, everybody in this room who just learned that there are people that do the other thing, <laughs> raise your hand, and everybody will raise their hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> because there are people that do it both ways. And mm-hmm. I think everybody just kind of assumes, like, no, well, this is, this is how you wipe your butt. This is how you do it. The way I do it is how everybody does it. You wipe from front to back only. You do not do the sandpaper motion. You don't wipe from front to back only. That is a... Well, yeah. Front to back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you don't... Sandpaper motion. Jeez. I was going to say, no. Like, with women, obviously, yeah, no. But uh, there's no there's no inherent wrong direction to go for a guy. There's like You're not going to get an infection if you go in a different direction as a guy. But... No, you will okay. as a woman. You wipe, um, you wipe back to front as a woman. That's a bad, bad, bad idea. Well, you can get poop all over your scrotum if you go back to front as, as a guy. Well, okay, but then you're leaving poop on the on your butt cheeks. I mean, like, it's, are you not it's finishing to, the job? It's easier to clean. Okay. Anyway, Con- any, like I said, I didn't want. I don't want to talk to you about how you do it. I'm just saying that there are people that do things different ways, <laughs> and they don't realize that there are people that do it a different way. And they're like, really? On QI, a guy asked the audience (laughs) that question, and people raised their hand for both sides, and everybody looked around like, what? (laughs) Like, they just had this incredible epiphany. (laughs) Like, this is the strangest thing they've ever learned in their lives. If you're a back to front, you're like, well, it's already called the taint, so why not? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, those are pretty personal things, right? (laughs) Those are... I'm sure I'm glad I brought this up. (laughs) I'm not, but that's okay. <laughs> Kevin brought it up. It's Kevin's fault. Freaking QI. Well, anyway, we're unanimous bu- unanimous about washing legs. Yes, though, please, right? please yeah. wash your legs. Orange whip. Orange whip. Orange whip. Three orange whips. Jim, thank you for joining us. For oh the show my goodness! Today. Yes, thank you. Oh, always happy to be here. I. Uh... Want to spend send a special shout out? Oh, we're, we're over an hour into it. Open wide the gates. We today have the opening of the uh, Bristol Renaissance Fair. Oh, oh yeah, those poor bastards are out there in their velvet quilt clothing. They're all where I, I've got. I'm just checking out the <laughs> Facebook feed just to see who's firing it up. And yep, there's a whole bunch of people wearing their couches already. God bless them <laughs> wearing their couch. Yeah, you're wearing couch upholstery. <laughs> If you're, in, if you're in the court, oh, yeah. your clothing is made out of upholstery. Because that's, that's the only the only type of uh, fabric that you can get in those types of colors and prints that you want. Well, that's because that's what people wore. It was like these heavy, you know, heavy heavy cloth and brocades and all this kind of stuff. Yes, I know. Yeah, those, I know those words are. because I did Renaissance Fair. Yeah, you know more about fabric than any straight man should. <laughs> the, uh... There's plenty of straight men out there that do costume work. No, um, of course. But of uh, course. The... I kid. 
Well, you know, as as I learned from watching uh, uh, Stacy Hicks do his uh, discussion of yes. clothing and cost, you know, well, not, it wasn't costuming; it was he was doing it was a, clothes, it was a thing yeah. about clothing of the era. That it was about the silhouette, they the styles that you know, with all the things that were puffy and stuck out, and the roughs, you know, like the rough thing, the thing around that looks like you got a plate that your head sitting on a plate made out of lace. Yeah, yeah, that's a rough, sure, and all that stuff. That's all. They, that was done on purpose. That wasn't because, like, well, that's the only f- shape we can make. No, they, they they wanted a certain silhouette. They wanted the cl- clothes to do those puffy things. That was the style. And in order to do puffy stuff, you had to fill it with stuff, or you had to use heavy materials that would yeah. hold it, hold their shape, or both. So yeah, they're they're all wearing like <laughs> couch upholstery. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's it's it, and and it's because it's one of the few places it's awfully hard to find. And and Stacy is a, a straight up genius at picking color, and he actually makes clothes. He studies these. He's gone to various places. London. He doesn't included. make costumes. He makes clothes. No, no. He's and he, that's why there's such a challenge because he'll take them apart. He'll look at them and go, "How did you sew that? Oh, okay. So it'll work the way it actually worked and hang the way it actually hung. You know. So it's it's not a it's not a it's not theatrical. It's, yeah, it's, it's not slapdash. It's not just like, oh, right. here's the thing that kind of looks like the thing, and you're only gonna you're only gonna wear it for one season of a show. No, these, these things um, these things are like a good suit of clothes that will last you for many many years, even under the brutal conditions you put them through at the Bristol Renaissance Fair. But no, I was, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bump up against a Sammy Peeps episode where he actually has his tailor make a waistcoat out of his wife's old farthingale. That's the hoops. The hoops, yeah. She actually hoop skirt. because okay. the fabric the is the, fabric. the part, the skirt part that actually has the hoops in it. Okay, right. The fabric, the uh, the garment had worn out, but the fabric was so expensive, you didn't waste that. <laughs> you and recycled. What was yeah, that? so handed it over to a, his and just made it into a cut it up and made it into a smaller garment. And what was so the smaller garment he had it made it into? Uh, a waistcoat, a waistcoat, the ah. thing that sits around. Yeah. And so it uh, that would have adorned him. So no, that that part of fashion and and that sort of thing. So wearing the couches, yeah. Good luck to all <laughs> of you out there. Yeah, Please and we stay always used it. Everybody, if you stop sweating, some... it's already too late. Yeah, right, right. Fortunately, although it is ghastly humid up here, we've had a crazy rain cycle. It is a mere seventy-one degrees, so they'll get a good uh, gray overcast, but not intemperately hot opening weekend. So open wide the gates. It'll be a little bit muddy today, though, huh? Well, it's been, we have had, I think May was the rainiest May in Wisconsin history. So it's, it's been, it's been wet. It has been wet. And we've had a, a, a really crazy cycle of, my wife and I were downtown. Uh, she's involved with Shakespeare in the Park, which is on this weekend. Good free Shakespeare with friends of ours. Go see it if you're in Milwaukee. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> It, we were down there and all of a sudden my phone, we we're going out for dinner together and my phone blows up with, if you are down at the Summerfest ground, seek shelter immediately. Ooh. Yeah. It's 40 mile an hour winds, uh, 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 object referenced hail. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And it just blew through as a nasty storm and then it was gorgeous. And then it was a gorgeous night. It was after that hit and cleared off at about six o'clock. It was you know, 75 and and a, a really gorgeous sunset down the lake. Couldn't have been a nicer day. So it's been a little crazy. So hopefully they'll uh, have a great opening day for weather. Awesome. 
Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And you can go to uh, nerdburgergames.com for game stuff and to drivethroughrpg.com to buy the game stuffs that I makes. On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig once again clog the interwebs with their own personal water bottle, the Nerdburger Podcast. We're just going to jam it right there into the internet. We're just going to pick it up from the garbage over there where we put it and just slam it in there, clog it all up. Um, eventually, the authorities will question us, and we will simply respond, it just calls to us. <laughs> just calls. <laughs> <laughs>